Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. If you feel like your salon has hit a growth plateau, and your team are underperforming, not hitting their sales targets, sales in general are low, maybe you don't know why this is happening or what needs to change. If you feel like you're stuck doing the same thing over and over, this might shock you, but the solution is actually more simple than you think. It's something you probably already even know about. But I know it's not always that easy. It took me years to truly nail our salon's smashing sales strategy when I owned my salon. So if you're still trying to figure it out, you're not alone. However, there is one secret that can enable you to further upsell to your clients and continue the sale, even without them stepping foot into the salon. I wonder if you can guess what it is. And I want to introduce you to the co-founder of Salon Pay, Christy McKenzie. Now, Christy has been in the hair and beauty industry for years and is a salon owner turned technology guru. And Salon Pay is Australia's hottest afterpay system and it's designed especially for salons genius right so in this episode you're going to discover exactly how to create endless sales opportunities for your salon and more importantly for you the owner so keep listening and let's learn how to create profitability stability and success for your salon for now and into the future so let's dive in and let's meet christy Christy, thank you so much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Very pleased to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Marissa. <laughs> nice to have you back. Well, look, um, before we talk about all sorts of exciting things, why don't we start with, who are you, Christy? Where do you live? What do you do? How did you get to be doing what you do? So I'm uh Christy McKenzie. I am. I live in Melbourne, Australia. Don't feel too sorry for me, but um, yes, that's where I am. <laughs> um, I used to be a salon owner. I think I'm coming on to my sixth year of having sold uh, and had my salon for around the 10-year mark, but have been in the industry for dare I say it, 25 years, I think I'm coming on to. <laughs> so you can figure out how old I might be. Yeah, um, that's right. Do the math. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But no, look, at the industry, I guess, uh, has been in my veins for such a long time. It's uh, like everyone, you know, that's working in the hair and beauty industry. You just, you live, breathe it, you eat it, you sometimes wear it home, all of that. So yeah. Um, yeah, but no, living in Melbourne, it's been a, a crazy couple of years and we uh, definitely, um, I'm, you know, what we're going to be talking about today, which you'll lead into, but I'm very happy to have, you know, implemented some of these strategies in my new business. It's not so new anymore. Um, and I, I feel even more passionate about everything now than what I even did pre-pandemic and all those things. Um, but it, when I'm outside of that, I'm a mother, I've got two or twins, not two twins, just twins. Um, they're 10, they're, you know, preteen, it's fun and games most of the time. Um, and yeah, just, just, yeah, doing what I do and 
putting, like we said before, putting one step in, uh, one foot in front of the other as we can. And um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Amazing. So I do want to talk about Sell and Pay, uh, your business, and um, this really amazing tool that you've created for the industry in providing salons to put memberships into their business. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that. Like, what is a membership? Um, actually, before we start, what is a membership and how does it work? What inspired you to start Salon Pay? Like, how did you end up going from a yep. salon owner to a salon pay product? Oh, I still don't even know how a hairdresser ends up owning a financial technology software company. And I like <laughs> building technology, it's it's crazy. I've learned so much since um we started the journey. But we uh, look, I started out with my salon and, and I ran salon memberships within my salon and it was no one else was really doing it in Australia. Um, the idea and the inspiration came from a family business which was um, in construction. Uh, totally random and it was you know Christmas time conversations that you you have with your family and looking at their success with this recurring business model and wondered how I might be able to um, put that into my salon. I knew I wanted to sell my salon at some point. Um, and I knew that I, you know, where I felt on that hamster wheel, which I talk about sometimes of, of um, you know, every day when you have a, a dump of, of money from your FPOS terminal, you, you're paying this bill and you're paying that bill. And it just was a hamster wheel. And, and knowing that, you know, if there's some way I could create some stability or have some kind of payday, like everyone else in the real world has, <laughs> um, that for me, it was something I wanted to explore. So salon pay came later, but it came after the success of running the memberships within, um, within my own salon. I was able to sell the salon for, I think, more than what I would have got for it without the memberships. It was purchased by investors. Um, they very much just wanted the team to keep running things and uh, for, just to keep sort of supporting um, supporting the salon. And the membership model for them was really enticing because they could see that recurring income and that stability over, I think it was around the 18-month mark that I'd been running it for. Um, so that, you know, that was really positive for them. Salon pay happened. Um, and you know, it started out where I was helping other salon owners to set up these memberships and I was using all sorts of different programs and plugins and it just, it was very time consuming, very labor intensive, very costly to get a salon up and running. Um, it used to take, just for context, it used to take about three weeks. And that was with um, me having very diligent salon owners getting back to me on email and all those sorts of things, which I know can be hard when you're, you know, running, everything can ha be happening in the salon and you sometimes will have marked out time to talk to someone and then it just doesn't happen. So I understand all of that, but it would take about three weeks on a good day to get a salon owner up and running on memberships. And, um, and it just, and it was costly. It's obviously really time consuming and costly. Uh, now what we've done with salon pay is we've We've built all the tech ourselves, so there's we own you know our whole system, um, which has been quite the journey. <laughs> and um, you know, I wouldn't change anything. Like what we've learned and what what's happened over the last oh, I don't even know how many years five years I think we're up 
five years-ish, um, I wouldn't change anything. Um, I really wouldn't. Even the bad stuff I wouldn't change and the good stuff's just far outweighs that. But, the, um, you know, we can have a salon owner up and running, like, within a few clicks now. So it's it's really amazing what, what you know, that has achieved for salon owners. And it's meant, meant that the cost is right down as well, you know, People used to pay me a couple of thousand dollars to get started. Now it's nine dollars. <laughs> nine dollars wow, a week. <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's amazing. So let's talk yep. a little bit about. Let's go into the salon now and say why would a salon owner want to have a membership program inside their business? What does it do for the business? Why should they care about it? I guess like it's sort of two prongs. Um, you've got what the salon owner will get out of it. And then we've got what the clients will get out of it. And I think invariably um, we're in an industry where we, yes, we think about ourselves, but we are always thinking about our clients. Like that's, I feel like to start with, it's um, you sort of start there because you're thinking about uh, how this will help your clients, how this will make it easier for them to visit you, um, you know, take away some of those pain points they might have if, it, if it's around money or a big bill um everyone's using the buy now pay later like that's just gone you know berserk across the, the globe um, but some people are still hesitant to use buy now pay later so this is a way for them to enjoy the bite size piece payments without you know going into debt or all that sort of stuff as well um but uh for you as a business owner it's you know i spoke very briefly about um, increasing the value of your business for if you wanted to sell. Um, some people might not want to sell. Uh, it might be more around um, knowing that they've got that payday or knowing they've got a portion of their income that is just set and it's going to be popping in their bank account every single week or month uh, that can be put aside for things like rent or um, tax or whatever it might be, some of those bigger bills. Um, for But also client retention obviously you know the clients uh, are paying you so they're going to come back to you um they love the clients love it so they tell all their friends so you can bring new clients in um and i and probably you know one that you is a bit controversial would be um in and around your staff so because the clients are contracted to your salon when they contracted that sounds horrible they're paying the salon they're not paying the staff members. So if you do have a staff member that leaves, it gives you that opportunity to retain that client, which is, again, can be controversial, but I think um, you're the one that's paying for the lights to be on. So having that, being able to have that conversation with that client and opportunity to retain them is also really important. Otherwise, normally they just, a staff member leaves and the client goes and you never see them again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Okay, so the idea is that the client pays on a regular basis uh, for a set number of services throughout the year um, and they can just pay it off in a way that they can budget and and uh, client's happy, team member's happy, she's got to retain client, the owner's happy because she's got regular income. Yes, yeah. I love much. it. I yeah. love it. And I do feel like too when you're paying for something, uh, as a consumer, you're going to use it. You're not going to stretch out appointments 
my observation is that people's average spend actually goes up because they don't have this massive bill every six weeks, like, oh, two or $300 I have to find this week and I'm not going to eat lunch and or only have one coffee a day, not two. Um, but because they're paying a small amount every week, they don't really notice that it's gone. So we're in, they're in the salon, they've got a little bit of a hole burning in their pocket and saying, well, no, you know, I only have to pay, I've, you know, I've already paid, maybe I'll buy the other stuff or I'll get the upgrade that I wouldn't otherwise have done that. I've seen that happen time and time again. And so I actually think it's a good upgrade strategy. Well, they, in, they often have a bit of guilt associated with their appointment because they're not actually paying. So there sometimes is that awkward thing at the, oh, I, I feel weird, I'm not paying. Um, I mean, they've already paid. Um, Let me buy something. <laughs> yeah, they do. They'll, they'll take the, you know, whatever's on the reception desk if it's a, you know, nail polish or whatever um, or, you know, upgrade for the retail. So, yeah, definitely all those things, yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, what... Um, Give us an example of a salon that you've worked with who started to do memberships and maybe the journey that they've been through and the impact that it's had on their business. So one salon that comes to mind, um, it's actually more in the wellness space, which has been really interesting. So um, offering different sorts of packages. So uh, they're not hair, they're more beauty focused in massage and wellness. Um, and they initially were running quite a, a good um, membership um, system through a, comp- a competitor. I don't know, actually know who it was, but through a different service and they brought it over to us. And um, because Sell and Pay gives them like an e-commerce site and all sorts of the other things and the support and just being in the industry, they were able to take just a small membership base and grew it. And then the pandemic happened and they converted a lot of these clients to online clients. So they actually kept the payments going and the clients really wanted to support the business so um, instead of doing um, physical massages they would uh, send the clients um, little kind of like pamper kits and then and then offer them like a an online consult to help them do a like a pedicure at home and it was just how they like pivoted and kept that income coming in was amazing um, and they're in Melbourne as well. So <laughs> lot, seven lockdowns or something, I don't know. Um, yes. Yeah, so they just kept doing it and they just kept trying different things. Um, so, And then from an income perspective, I would have to check current figures and I'm not going to name any names or do anything like that, but it's well over the 100K that they have coming in annually. Um, so if you break that down, that's a, it's a couple of thousand dollars a week, which doesn't sound like heaps, but when you're locked down, like, that's significant. That's your rent or your staff still being paid or, you know, whatever it might be, that's um, really significant um, income. And 100 grand a year, just to know that's coming in and just have that little bit of peace of mind that I know my rent's going to get paid and superannuation or I don't know, whatever else it might be, that's just something that you don't have to worry about. You can keep the rest of your income coming in and pay those bills and, and do what you need to do. And then this can be just allocated for, for something that you are, you know, maybe very responsible to like a tax or a rental, that sort of thing. So yeah, yeah they've done I really like, well. I like that security around allocating it to something in particular. And that's just one less thing that you need to worry about. That's over there. And it's looking after that particular bill. It's regular. Um, yep. I think that's um, 
there's enough things that we need to worry about to have a little bit of peace of mind is great. Yes, definitely. Yep. All right, let's talk about getting started in memberships because I know it's something that is uh, one of those, what I would call a big rock. It's one of those big strategies that you put into place. It's not that big, but it's one of those strategies you put into place that's kind of a bit of a game changer in the business, uh, but not too onerous to implement. So what would you say would be one of the first things to think about if you're considering taking memberships on? So I think, um, and I did have a think about this question prior, because I think it's really, really important to know what you're trying to achieve and to have a really clear picture in your mind of what you're wanting to get out of it. Um, Are you wanting to sell your business like I was? Are you wanting to completely change your business model? We do have some salons that are pretty much membership only. Um, Or are you just wanting to have a point of difference? Because this all matters because when you're thrown a bit of a curved ball, you need to be really clear why you're going to keep going. Otherwise, it will just be another thing that you just go, oh, this is all just too hard and it'll just go to the side and it won't be successful. So you've really got to know what you're trying to achieve and what what you're wanting out of it. So I would be sitting with um, yourself or someone like you, Larissa, actually nutting out that goal of what what it is that you're trying to achieve. Um, why, Why do it? you know, when so many aren't and then lots are as well. So having that really clear picture, I think, is the first place to start. (laughs) Yeah, okay, because that's going to be the driving force of why you're actually going to do it and and go to the effort of uh, implementing something new. Let's talk a little bit about packages because you've mentioned that that's, I mean, this is something that we talk about a lot in my program, Seller Mastery, and the use of packages and the benefits of that. But I also know that that's a big piece of memberships and that's a way to keep it simple. Talk to me a little bit about why do you recommend packages? Do you only recommend packages? Like how does that, how do packages and memberships work together? Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team. You love your team. But you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more because everybody wins, the team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. So I think the thing with packages is um, is to keep it, again, really like keep it simple and not to overcomplicate it. Um, I always like to think, you know, when you sit down, I mean, it's like it's like anything. I used to use an analogy of going into a blockbuster and then I realised, oh, that's, you know, it's quite, <laughs> it's showing my age, <laughs> you know, 80s or early 90s, going into a blockbuster and you've got walls upon walls of VHSs or DVDs if it was a new one and and you couldn't find anything to 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 like choose could you it was like oh it's too much it's the same you know now probably a better analogy is if you go to a restaurant and if there's if the menu is chock-a-block full of different options 
you know, what are they, what do they, what do they do well? Like what's their signature thing that's good? You know, it's, it's hard to, to make a choice when there is too much choice on offer. It was hard to make a decision when there's too much choice. Um, and often the default answer is no, because the client will be overwhelmed. So I always say to start with three or four packages and just see what happens. You might sell all of them really well. It might be a wonderful success or you might have one package that sells really well and the others don't do anything and you will have spent all this time and effort and energy working them out and maybe doing some posters and some graphics and and then then you'll feel like a failure because you've got 30 packages and just they haven't sold so if you start with two or three you know four at the most it can really give you a gauge you can get some client feedback oh I really like this one but I wish it had that in it or I would have purchased that one, but I don't have that as often. So you can get some of that feedback. Um, you'll know best what's going to work in your salon. For me in my salon, we had a blow wave package. Now, I didn't actually have a massive blow wave clientele, but I wanted to increase my blow wave clientele. So I put a blow wave package in and that was just a weekly blow wave. That was really easy. Um, then we had a six-week uh grey regrowth coverage with a cut and blow wave because I figured they can just if they want foils they can just add that on and pay for that separately um and just kept that really simple that was a big bulk of my client base as well was just that those greys and a nice tidy haircut and that was that and then the third package that we offered was something that more of a premium package so that was the um the two combined I just kept it really simple so that was the six weekly cut cut and colour and also the weekly blow wave. Um, and we started with that. And then from there, we added in some foiling packages. And, and I wasn't a beauty salon. I was hair. Um, Olaplex wasn't around back then, but I have no doubt that um, oh, actually, I think it was definitely around back then. Um, I, uh, But I'm not sure that I, I think it was that new that I didn't have that in my packages. But excuse me, no doubt you would probably have some treatment-based packages as well. Um, for your clients. So uh, keeping it really simple, um, start just basic and, and get something out there and then just wait for feedback. That's That would be my suggestion, definitely. I like that. I like that a lot. Like know who you are as a brand, what your client, the majority of your client want, uh, what, we, what we call our hero service, like what's the thing that your brand is known for or the majority of your people come to, what do new clients come for? And thinking about some of those things, deal with that first, yeah. make sure it's adopted because there's a bit of a learning curve for the team and for the client on how it works and what buttons do you click and how do you sell it and what words work and don't work and then start yeah. to layer more on top is kind of the message, right? Well, but in, yeah, and in saying that, you definitely don't want to get yourself in a position where you've got, 50 or 60 different packages because Mary wants to have, you know, a yes. fringe trim every three weeks built into her, like you don't want to, like that's going a bit, you want to listen to your clients, but you don't want them to be telling you what to do. That's a bit, there's a difference in that. Um, and I mean, the thing with, I should mention, because I am very proud of this within um, Salon Pay, uh, we have a package builder. So it makes it really easy to work out all the maths. I should just say that as well, because I'm not a maths person. I was horrendous at maths at school. Good at accounting, terrible at maths. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's if you're trying to build out a package, it does make it really easy because you, you literally just put in what that service visit 
um, is and then the frequency of visits. So if they're six weekly, eight weekly, 13 weekly, whatever, and it will it'll work all that out for you. So I just wanted to say that as well. So yeah. not overcomplicating it um, is is a, a good idea, but but also the maths bit can be complicated. So you know, you need to have some let tools you, to make sure that can let you do yeah. the work basically. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. You don't need to be wrong. And there'll be you'll make mistakes. I know I did. You'll make errors in your, you know, calculations and you'll have that one client that will get her calculator out and she'll go, it's actually more expensive if I go on a membership or it's whatever she says. So yes. you don't want to be put in that position. So. <laughs> I think um, I think that's a really important point. There's always somebody, like I know putting prices up is a real tricky one. It's a tricky one that everyone feels scared about doing. But really when we think about it, there's probably two, three, maximum five clients in your whole clientele are going to be a pain in the ass at reception. But we get so scared about those particular, like, if you're listening now, you know exactly who I'm talking about. It's her and her and her. And we make all of our decisions based on those three clients and the reaction that they're going to have. And we forget about actually the two and a half thousand people who just won't say a thing will be so happy. And some of them are going to say to you, thank God you put your prices up. But we yeah. get held back by these couple of tricky people. Actually, we should just move them off to the side and do what's best for the business and for the clients and for the team. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and also a big part of not overcomplicating this is um, not just with your packages, but with all those questions as well that you will get from clients because you're never going to have the answer or initially you're not going to know the answers to every single question you might possibly get. Um, so you, of course, want to understand what you're doing. Um, you want to understand your basic terms and conditions and basically, you know, what's it within a package and those boundaries and all of that but um you don't have to have all the answers initially um and you know that will also when you're standing there you know presenting a package to a client you don't want to run through absolutely all the terms and conditions in that moment too because that's going to overcomplicate the whole thing for that client as well you just mm -hmm. want to say this is what you pay each week this is what you get that's pretty much they'll just want to know okay well how do I, you know, um, is there paperwork to fill out or not? Or how do I stop things if I'm going on a holiday? Like there'll be really basic uh, questions they'll have, but you don't need to know all the crazy ones. Yeah, That's what we're okay. here for. You can call us about those ones. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So you made an interesting comment before we hopped on here about having a little bit of patience around the process of setting up memberships and installing it in your business. And I'm interested to um, explore that a little bit with you because I know that sometimes we want to put these big rock strategies into our business and we have high expectations of the return that we're going to get. And um, what are your thoughts around managing that expectation? I think if COVID has taught people nothing, it's to be patient. I, I know, like, I am the least patient person and I've learned hey, if I put an order in somewhere, it might take me four to six months to get or, you know, and there, there are no, um, there's no point in pushing things sometimes. You just need to, you just need to have, take the time and let the process happen. So um, there is a little saying that I heard of recently, which is one minute of patience, 10 years of peace. And I thought, that I really like that because it's yeah. it's true if we and obviously that's just you know one minute of patience you can't just sit here being patient for one minute go okay being patient for a minute um that's not true patience 
<laughs> that's not true patience. It's learning, I guess, that art of being patient. So being patient with your clients, it's going to take them, they might not want to do this the first time they come in. They mm. might go, oh, okay, that's great. But in the back of their mind, they're doing their little mental gymnastics and they're working out if this is going to work for them. They know they've got maybe a holiday coming up. Maybe husband's just started in a new job, like whatever it might be that's going on in there. They might not want to sign on the dotted line um, in that moment. Yeah, but they want to, you know, you've presented it. I, I found the uptake the second visit was always higher, always higher than that first visit. Um, it doesn't mean that they hate the system and what have you done? You've, you know, you're failing at all these things. It's just, it's just going to take time with your clients. It's going to take time with your staff as well. Like your mm-hmm. staff need to, under because this is different and not every salon's doing it. And, you know, if you've got new staff, they'll be probably more on board and more excited. Your old staff will be like, well, why do we need to change? You know, this has been doing things a certain way for however long and it's all been fine. So being patient with your clients, being patient with your staff, and then being patient on yourself. Like this isn't, this is a long-term strategy. This isn't something that you want to just have, um, you know, sell your 50 or 60 memberships in your first week and then um, not sort of uh, move with and grow with. Um, it's, it's going to take time. So the end result is worth it, but there'll be kinks. There'll be little challenges along the way and, um, and being patient is really important. I mean, I think that's a good uh, metaphor for life and business on any given day outside of memberships. Like, um, yeah. we get ourselves into hot water when we have our high expectations. I, I do wonder whether, as an industry, um, maybe we attract people. I'm speaking about myself, of course. Do you know, probably uh, me too. <laughs> shiny objects, and we want quick results. And I'm sure I got into this industry because to cut someone's hair, I can transform a life in an hour. Yep. Like I don't want to wait <laughs> months and years to see a transformation, you know, and so I'm challenged to work on big projects because um, I want instant results and instant gratification. And I think now this emerging generation is wanting that more and more because they've had that from the minute they were in nappies, there's this instant gratification. So uh, I think we do have to be patient with ourselves in the whole business journey and with yep. the clients and with our team uh, anything worth doing is worth waiting for. So as a business owner yourself, um, what would you say would be a quote or a mantra or something that kind of keeps you centred, focused, moving forward? So this one's probably not so related to memberships in general. It's more just uh, in a good one for your team. Um, And I thought about what we do in our team. And um, one thing we kind of say, it's not, you know, it's not written up in the, on the wall or anything, but it's something that we do, um, it comes up, it came up last week um, and we talk about it often. And it's every interaction you have is an opportunity to make a positive impact on others. So um, it could be how you answer the phone and, um, or it could be speaking to a cleaner. It could be, um, you know, just anything it's having an opportunity to make a positive impact on someone and it could be the tiniest thing that you do and you just lift someone else's day for us you know within salon pay it's it's answering a query on the phone or or going that extra mile and and preempting the next question and the next and answering them as well so um 
you know, all those little things do make a massive difference uh, within your team culture. So it's a good one to sort of explore with your staff and see uh, what interactions you can improve on and um, and how that could positively impact the culture in the salon, but also just, you know, from a from a personal perspective. I mean, we're all masked, we're all walking around just with just eye contact at the moment and you know it's it used to be that you could smile at someone and we can't anymore Mm. so um thinking of other ways that we can have positive interactions I think is um is our you know my motto for the moment yeah I love that a lot (laughs) what would you say uh before you share where we can find you stalk you um what would you say would be a book, a podcast, a resource, or someone that you follow that you would recommend that salon owners should get their hands on? And I've been listening to heaps of podcasts lately. I think the one for me um, that I always sort of go to if I feel like I need a bit of a lift or a bit of a butt kicking, and it's um, Africa Brook. So she's got a podcast on, or she's on Apple and Spotify called Beyond the Self. And it's all about helping people personally and professionally uh, with challenges usually related to um, self-sabotage and self-censorship, which is, you know, a whole nother conversation. Um, But delving into, you know, value systems and entitlement, um, it just, I always... Um, leave leave a podcast I always feel um, just a bit more grounded and um, just sometimes getting a different perspective on things when I've listened to the Africa Brook podcast love it we shall uh, stalk her find her and leave a link to that uh, in the show notes of this podcast speaking of links so we can do stalking where do we find you Uh, Instagram and Facebook I'm not on TikTok. I feel like I'm too old for TikTok. Um, <laughs> you can you can look me up on LinkedIn as well if you like, but it's kind of crickets over there. I'm hopeless with that too. No, Instagram and Facebook. And I and uh, Salon Pay is just the handle for both. Um, right. Facebook group is uh, Secret Salon Owners Society group. So there's, you know, always some uh, good questions and good information happening inside that Facebook group. But, yeah, that's that's me for the moment. Amazing. Yeah. I really appreciate the time that you've given us uh, and some insight into membership so we can be a little bit more calm and much more successful in business. Thanks, Christy. I appreciate it. Well, and thank you for having me, Larissa. Honestly, like we, you know, our paths have crossed so many times over the years and we've worked together so much. Your podcast, you, you're, you're just um, so consistent. You could have dropped the ball so many times, I'm sure. But, you know, I don't know, is it weekly or monthly? I'm not sure. You, you're always just consistently putting out and I know a few years ago your goal was to be more consistent I think maybe 2018 or something crazy and you have you've you've like you're great so I wanted to just put that on record (laughs) amazing I appreciate that do you know I came to I came and spoke at one of your events uh one year and I just love your events you're just so good at it but um everybody there got a certificate an award for being amazing on something and you gave me a certificate for being consistent did i oh there you go well then this is consistent (laughs) you can have another award i'll um there you go (laughs) but it's it's something that you know if we were all just a little bit more consistent how much better would we we be at things 
you know, yeah. like you were saying, that yeah. bright, shiny object, it's just what we do, isn't it? We, yeah. There is a bit of self-discipline required not to get too shiny and to stay consistent. Like it's a lesson to be learned. I don't think we're born being consistent, no, you know? No. <laughs> I'm not very disciplined at all with lots of things. Some things I am, but many things I'm not disciplined. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've got yeah. to pick our battles. Thank that's you for joining it. us, Christy. I appreciate it. And nice to connect with you again too. And that's a wrap for this week's episode, Christy. I loved catching up with you again and talking about all things technology, one of my favourite topics. Now, I hope for you, salon owner, you managed to get a new perspective on salon memberships and how they can seriously change the outcome for your salon now and into the future. I know running a business, tackling being a mum, spending time with friends and family, if you have time for that still, or even setting a little bit of time aside for yourself, is the hardest part of the job. You feel like you can never balance it right and consistently like you're on the hamster wheel, as Christy explained. So I totally get it. I was once there too. You need systems and strategies that can help you along the way. I work with busy salon owners to help them move away from feeling overwhelmed and stressed about their business to absolutely loving the life of being the salon CEO that only we can normally dream about. So if you're interested in working together, then click the chat with me button in the show notes of this episode and let's have a DM. Easy as that. Otherwise, I'll connect with you same time, same place on the podcast next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.